we aren't sacrificing our education um, and we have no risk involved in our walkout, it's almost the opposite. I think the schools handle this issue very well by letting the students organize most of the stuff that's happening today. And From the day that Parker's school-sanctioned walkout in support of increased gun control was announced, there was a wide range of concerns voiced by students and faculty alike. Some people felt that the administration's support of such a highly politicized issue could potentially isolate students who were indifferent or actively against gun control. Other people felt that organizing a special day for an event that was intended to be entirely student-led would take away the power and authenticity that the organizers of the national walkout had hoped for. This begs the question, was Parker's walkout a protest in name only? Today, I'll be examining my own experiences at the walkout, as well as fellow students' experiences, to try and answer that question. Students arrived to school on March 14th at 8.10 a.m., but rather than attending their regularly scheduled C and D periods, they checked in with their advisors who took attendance. This is the first and arguably the most interesting difference between Parker's walkout and the walkouts that took place around the country. At most schools, classes took place normally throughout the day, and students who chose to participate in the protest did not do so until 10 o'clock in their local time zone. While on the surface the administration's willingness to accommodate student protesters is a good gesture, it gets a little tricky when you dig deeper. Parker voluntarily canceled all its classes for this day, but still made a point that students who were not present would be marked absent in some way. The implications of this decision are twofold. First off, part of what was supposed to make these walkouts so powerful was that the students were both sacrificing their education and putting themselves at risk of disciplinary action. Parker students put nothing in the line by participating in these protests, even if they would have been willing to. Secondly, one could argue Parker's decision to mark absences on a day that was focused entirely on a singular issue created a situation where students were putting themselves at risk by not participating in the protest. The school did provide a room for students who didn't want to participate in the walkout that took place after the 17 minutes of silence, but this room still hosted activities related to gun control. There's also the potential social stigma for choosing to opt out of the protest, especially in a school where a large percentage of the students, parents, and faculty are politically liberal. I sat down with Natalie Daskal, a Parker sophomore, to talk about her feelings regarding the school's involvement in the walkout, as well as her overall feelings on the event. Daskal is one of the key organizers for the Chicago iteration of March for Our Lives, a nationwide demonstration that is pushing for more strict and effective gun control legislation. The walkouts that occurred on March 14th is the first of several calls to action the organization is organizing in the coming months. When I asked Daskal about her feelings regarding the school's involvement in the march, she echoed some of my initial thoughts. Not having classes, I feel, defeats the purpose because we aren't sacrificing our education um, and we have no risk involved in our walkout. It's almost the opposite. Um, and around the country, thousands of schools walked out of class at 10 a.m. this morning and for 17 minutes were silent together. We didn't exactly do that. We were silent for 17 minutes, but 
we weren't risking getting detention and we weren't losing our education and we weren't being unified with the rest of the country because we are doing something different than them. Again, I'm in such full support of this issue and I'm not going to complain about, you know, having more attention brought to the topic. I just think that it is more counterproductive than it is productive. Daskal felt that Parker's version of the walkout failed to create a sense of unity with the thousands of students that walked across America. One could go a step further and argue that by deviating from the standard formula, Parker didn't show solidarity with the victims of gun violence in Parkland or the south side of Chicago. Instead, it was turned into a purely political statement. It's important to note that Daskal, along with many people who subscribe to the same school of thought as her, are not unhappy with the fact that Parker chose to take a stand. They just believe that staving the numerous activities that were unique to Parker for another day would have been more effective. Dasko goes on to say that because Parker created an opportunity where many students had the chance to protest, the walkout was more effective than it would have been had the school simply given all participants cuts or some other form of punishment. I don't think it makes it, it, makes it less effective because what the outside world is seeing is that there's more Parker students, which is obviously the better pi- picture to paint. I just think morally and internally it would have been better if we had done what the rest of the country had done. She raises a valuable point here. Part of the idea of a walkout or march is to make a public display of how many people care about a given issue. Parker likely had a higher percentage of his students' body participate in its walkout than most schools, due in part to the fact that students sacrifice nothing to participate. Still, it remains to be seen if the attendance of Parker's walkout could truly make an impression on the residents of the United States, Chicago, or even just Lincoln Park, especially when one considers how small the school is and how strict Chicago's gun laws already are. Additionally, there is still the question of how political Parker should get, especially when the school strives to be an embryonic democracy. There's certainly a lot of food for thought in terms of ways that Parker's walkout fell short, but it would be irresponsible to say that they didn't do a lot of things right. This event was unlike anything that has ever been done in the school's 100-plus year history, and it happened without any true logistical issues popping up along the way. It's fair to say that for every student that took issue with Parker's walkout, there was a student that was enthusiastic. I caught up with one of those students, Drew Folly, as hundreds of Parker high schoolers walked from the Lincoln Park Zoo's conservatory to a rally that was held adjacent to the Chicago History Museum. Folly noted that while the administration paved the way for this event, its content was curated almost entirely by students. I think the schools handled this issue very well by letting the students organize most of the stuff that's happening today and the teachers and faculty mostly play a facilitative role to deal with the logistics of it. And I think that really gives power to the issue because, you know, students themselves are the ones that are affected by this tragedy that happened in Florida and they themselves are the ones standing up for it. So I think the way we've handled it is pretty well. The importance of this day being student-led can't be understated, and it was easily one of the most authentic aspects of the entire event. Had the administration booked a slew of speakers themselves, it would have created a very different vibe. Instead, the school made the conscious and, in my opinion, correct decision to leave it up to the students to give this day direction, which allowed Parker's walkout to be in the same spirit as other walkouts across the country, even though it had a different format. Bali also did not feel that the presence of students who aren't as knowledgeable as others in the history of the Second Amendment and the current discussions regarding gun control diluted the intended message of the protest. 
Instead, he felt that it gave many students an opportunity to speak out on an issue that they feel affects them. So, I mean, obviously when you have younger kids around 12, 13 year olds and even 8th graders and middle schoolers marching, they're not all going to understand. But I think the simple fact is that they know what's happened. They know guns have been used to simply slaughter these people in Florida and I feel like they can stand up for that and having the rest of the day dedicated to this education is what makes it okay to sort of have this day dedicated to gun violence. While we can't ever know exactly what was said in the faculty meetings that resulted in this day coming together, it's fair to assume that one of the stated goals was to educate Parker students on the issue as well as giving students a platform to voice their opinions about it. Regardless of how you might feel about whether it is a good use of school time to pursue this goal, it should be clear that the school did reach this goal. Many of the day's activities, especially the breakout sessions that took place in the afternoon, gave detailed histories of the NRA and gun legislation in America. There's no doubt that any student that hoped to learn about this issue was given the chance to. As previously stated, Parker's administration spent most of the day supervising rather than leading, but when the administration chose to participate, their contributions were both deliberate and powerful. A moment that stood out was when upper school head Justin Brandon spoke to high school in the auditorium in the day's final minutes. Rather than reiterating points that had already been made by various students throughout the day, he shared a personal story about the importance of voting. Brandon told students about a time in his life when he was forced to wait at a polling place in Texas for four hours and was only allowed to vote after writing what he described as an essay on why he should be able to vote. Brandon's name was mysteriously missing from the precinct's voter records during an election that had a white conservative candidate running against a black liberal candidate. It can be reasonably assumed that Brandon's name did not go missing by accident and someone with power was trying to prevent black people from voting. This anecdote was a chilling reminder that the right to vote cannot be taken for granted, especially when people of color across the U.S. are often unable to vote due to targeted laws. Brandon took a risk by putting race at the forefront of his time on the microphone, especially on a day that seemed to be focused on an issue that isn't necessarily linked to one race. However, when one considers that Wednesday's walkout was the school's first event of this nature, despite the countless young men and women of color who've lost their lives to gun violence in our own city, race seems more relevant than ever. As Brandon's first year at Parker begins to wind down, his contributions to the walkout and its related events were done with confidence and poise, and will likely go down as the defining moment of his first year as the upper school head. Parker's walkout came and went, but the debates about how it was handled still continue. There's no doubt that the administration's involvement left a bad taste in some students' mouth. Perhaps Parker should have just allowed students to walk out of school at 10 a.m. and moved everything else to a different day. Protests are generally anti-establishment affairs, and it's valid to say that what took place last Wednesday was not a protest in the true sense of the word, but rather a day that was dedicated to discussing a particular issue. Regardless of whether or not it was a true protest, the day was memorable, thought-provoking, and unlike anything that this school has ever done. Given that this was the first time Parker has ever held an event like this, it's not fair to expect perfection. Instead, the student body should appreciate the day for what it was while remembering their gripes for the future. I'm Noah Jennings. Thanks for listening to the Parker Weekly Podcast.